0: Awesome. Hello and welcome
1: to the Late Night Football Show with myself, Henry, Byron and Joe. So before we get into the Saturday and Sunday games, let's just go over what our predictions were from the midweek fixtures. So we all got 5 out of 10 right in, in some way or another result even, with myself getting West Ham and Arsenal's 0-0 bang on and Henry getting Burnley and Stokes 1-0 bang on as well. Much better performance from us from the midweek fixtures and hopefully we can get Some more correct scores and results this weekend yeah definitely five times better for you henry uh so first game leicester palace henry what's your thoughts yeah great fixture the early early kickoff on saturday
0: um leicester a really good run of form at the moment palace slightly concerning still without a
1: goal away from home is this the game that they score away from home joe thoughts so i i think Palace have all been rising in form uh what's now six unbeaten now um Uh, Yeah, six unbeaten. Uh, But I think the crucial thing for Palace is still Zaha. He Mm. didn't actually score any of the two goals in their win against Watford. But surprisingly, or not surprisingly, depending on how you look at it, when he assisted their winning goal, half the players went over to congratulate him Mm. for the assist. So I thought I was really good, I showed really good com- camaraderie instead of just going out to the, the goal scorer. The sisters, obviously needs some credit as well. In terms of if they're going to get a goal, yeah, they're going to break a goal away from home eventually. I think this game against Leicester is going to be a very open game and I think they will get that goal.
2: Uh, I think it shows about the team spirit now. Obviously, going to congratulate the assistor. it shows that they're obviously now realising they need to work as a team to stay up, they're putting more effort into that. So And obviously, against Leicester, it's a good chance to try and. Wins and points here because obviously Leicester's back line is quite dodgy at the moment. So
0: yeah, Hodgson has definitely done a good bit of work there with Palace, and they do look like a better team and are starting to slowly move their way up the table. A couple more wins on the belt would be ideal. Yep. Leicester, on the other hand, really good run of form, four wins on the trot. A great performance midweek to beat Southampton. Four goals, really good. Um,
1: is their season on the up? and Are they going to be challenging for Europa League places this year? Oh, I think that they've taken a while to get into this into this form. This season, I think. I think in the last ten games, they're now second. It mm. for points being picked up, which is great. Obviously, four wins on the trot for them as well. Europa League's always a bit of a uh, an ambition. I think they should be aiming for it. If they get it, is another thing. So let me currently. just add some context at that. So Liverpool currently fifth with
0: thirty one points. Burnley 6-31, Arsenal seventh thirty. Leicester twenty six. Leicester is the best on the form out there, so they are closing that gap, there's potential.
2: They're closing the gap, but I think the highest thing has been obviously how great Burnley have been doing this year, cause mm. obviously the top six normally set in stone, obviously that's seven places, the one that's always up for grabs. Obviously Leicester, yeah, they're going for it, but Burnley are just obviously is Burnley really putting in a good season to make sure they're getting European football next year.
1: Yeah, one thing which that doesn't show is that the fixtures Leicester have been playing in the last four times. They played Spurs and Burnley at home, yeah. uh, Newcastle and Southampton away. So take that from what, uh, what you want. Obviously, the home games, Spurs and Burnley are both tough sides, but they are at home. I mean, away fixtures are probably, we'd say, weaker teams in mm. play. So I'd want to see how they match up against the Liverpool, the Tottenham, Chelsea, those sort of teams, before I judge where they're going to finish this season. That's a fair point. And Palace is another team that, I hope. well, personally,
0: I think they, they're going to brush past and win. And I'm going for a 2-0 result this weekend. And Palace still not scoring away from home.
1: Yep, I'm said that Palace will score. I'm going to back <laughs> that. But I do think Leicester will win. I think 2 1. I mean, greetings with Joey here 2 1 to see a few goals in this game. So, it has been an interesting game. Arsenal, Newcastle. Myself a Newcastle fan and Henry an Arsenal fan. So, Byron, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, right now, both clubs going through quite a bad run of form right now. Newcastle, eight mi- eight matches without a win. Arsenal, the same but in three. Obviously, not great, obviously. Especially last uh, weekend, Arsenal dropping points against West Ham, drawing with them. Obviously, Newcastle losing to Everton obviously now on a completely different run of
1: form what's going to what do the teams here need to do to shift this momentum get onto winning ways again I think that the big a big thing for Newcastle right now we need to highlight is that the takeover is going to happen for Mike Ashley's going to sell his club it's going to be January, February hopefully for us it is in the January mm. period so we can still put some funds into our transfers and I think that's going to do two things I think it's going to bolster the manager's confidence but it's also going to make those players think oh we we need to fight for our places now it's not going to be an easy run for them they need to step up their game otherwise they're going to be dropped massively
0: I think Newcastle are in a completely different boat to Arsenal um, three poor performances in my eyes interesting choice of team at midweek so Giroud did start that was something we did highlight could happen Wilshire started as well um, Giroud I think that kind of game against West Ham he's better coming off the bench he's someone that you can when you're playing Lacazette, or when you're playing a front three, you can play that nice little passing from trying to break him down. Giroud's more of a man in the box kind of thing. I think you yeah. sent me a stat saying he's in the top five most headed goals. Yeah, 27 Premier three. League headers. Yeah.
2: Yep. Talking about obviously the massive, the important players. Obviously, John Ruddy now suspended for um, a couple of games after a double yellow versus Everton. How much of a miss is he going to be, in your opinion, Joe?
1: i think that shelby is yeah, it's, it's difficult for for shelby because he's got the talent he's just not got the the discipline mm. to to hold himself back and especially in this game the late sending off is is never what you it's want it's a second
2: suspension of the season as well yeah
1: and but, uh, both of them i remember have been in the last 15 minutes of the game yeah, silly, silly so foul. so it's, it's not it's not what i do especially 90 plus four minutes in uh, mm. like in terms of being missing him I, I do think we will but i think we're going to have to now change our formation to be more more wing like, get some get some balls, crosses into the boxes. Um, whereas before we relied on too much, I'd say. So We've, I think it might might go to our benefit.
2: The t- the formation change may be what's because currently Newcastle have fifteen points, which is the lowest tally of points they've ever had in the first seventeen games of the top flight season. Last time they did that was nineteen eighty eight and they were finished bottom of the league. Is this that's quite a worrying sort of number to look at right now?
0: It is. I don't think they're gonna come bottom. Um I think I, they have enough about them. To stay up i think they've got a really great manager uh they just need to break this kind of run of form uh and once they do hopefully they'll get some confidence in january coming in we'll wait and see i think for this fixture though we've touched on how newcastle kind of like found out and like how to play against them i think arsenal are in the same boat as well teams now know you just if you just defend resolutely, you can hit Arsenal on the counter and beat them. I think it's ever since the Watford game, obviously, and they all came out and in obviously,
2: they noticed Arsenal don't like playing that physical game. If you just try bullying them, they just don't like it. And that's what, I've, obviously, everyone's been getting, all the lower teams been grinding out these sort of draws against them. It's just costing Arsenal big in this top four race.
1: But in defence to Arsenal, this isn't a problem which has happened recently. This has always been an, yeah. an issue in this Arsenal squad. Like, you remember from Stoke-Arsenal back in the day when, was, when Ar- Stoke was Arsenal's bogey teams. So that's because they put... The aggression in. So, realistically, Arsenal should be able to counter this at this point. Maybe that's what Arsenal was trying to do with having Giroud start, try and make it more of a long ball game or cross it into the box. But in terms of Arsenal Newcastle in this game, it's completely different. Newcastle aren't an aggressive side in terms of physically strong. So, I think it does suit Arsenal's play a lot better. Yeah, Bottom you're right. Um, looking at this, though, I,
2: I think the new, um, Arsenal are going to break their bad run of form here and really get a big 3 nil result here, really try and prove a point in this race.
0: So, interestingly, I've gone for a 1-0 draw, even so I so
1: i dropped Lacazette for my fantasy league team, I've benched him this week and gone for 5 in the middle. I've gone 3-1 to Arsenal as well, unfortunately, being a Newcastle fan, <laughs> I just, just see Arsenal win in this one. So, Brighton versus Burnley, Henry, what's your thoughts on this yeah, one? Yeah, r- again,
0: Burnley, I think they are the standout team, I think we do have to highlight them yet again, another 1-0 win for them, great defensive prowess. They are t- tied on points with Tottenham
1: and Liverpool, so they're joint four for the moment. Where do we see them ending up this season? So, I've got a couple of stats which I'd want to dish out now in terms of Burnley. Uh, two of their, only two of their 17 league games have been decided by more than a single goal, mm. um, which is just incredible to see how either they lose 1-0, they win 1-0, or it's 2-1, for instance, a single goal in them. But Deitch, Deitch, since the start of last season, is the most prem points for an English manager in 71. So Ebony's like sort of saying, oh, this is Burnley, just that's just a, a run of form, something it's going to end eventually. But these stats don't lie. This, mm. is, this, is, this is big for them. Um, and I can see them definitely finishing in the top six. I don't think they'll, they'll finish fourth or fifth, but sixth is a good place for them, I'd say. I think they'll be over the moon. Sixth This time last year, they were 17. Yeah, definitely. So a bit like a Leicester story. The European
2: football next should be unbelievable
0: for them, wouldn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And Brighton, on the other hand, so they're currently finding themselves round about in the middle of but table, but they've, out of winning three, lost the last three. What have they got to do to try and hold Burnley through?
1: Well, without a win of three, they're 2 points from six for Brighton. Brighton didn't start either Gross or Murray at the weekend that they lost to Spurs, which I thought was very surprising. Mm. Both Gross and Murray, top goal scorers and goal creators in their team. So I don't know what they're trying to do there. Maybe they were trying to go for more defensive side or something like that. But for a win in this game, it's more trying to play Burnley's game, try and make Burnley go on the attack, try and sponge the pressure and sort of flip the uh, role Absolutely,
0: I think that's what we touched upon last week with the possession, P- Burnley do not like the ball and interestingly at one point Stoke Burnley, the possession was pretty even. 50-50. And we I think it's going it? to be another, yeah and I think that's why we're so tight, I think that could come into effect again this weekend, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just all
2: about getting Burnley out of their comfort zone, we all notice as you said, they don't like the position, they like to sort of just sit back, hit you on that counter because they've got the great strikers like Vokes and um, Ashley Barnes are very good at just counter-attacking on, and they obviously they just want to make you need to try and make them come out of their set and make them come into your half and hit them on their counter and play it their own way against them
0: yeah I think the way Burnley's set up they're not susceptible to the counter-attack defensively yeah, very definitely sound so, yeah it's just hard to break down that unit isn't it so looking at the scores this weekend can anyone see a goal getting conceded by Burnley
1: <laughs> no I don't think so I think that um, Burnley as you said Brighton would want to play in the counter-attack against them and Burnley uh, shown so far this season that they're really good at defending against that I'd say that the score is going to be 0-0 in this one interesting Byron I say 1-0 I think Burnley will get their goal in the end but definitely
2: a clean sheet Burnley is just looking so sound at the back right now
0: yeah I agree with the clean sheet and I'm backing them to get a 1-0 victory yep so Chelsea Southampton Byron what's your thoughts
2: on that one yeah so obviously um very big interesting one here. Chelsea off a good result last weekend. Obviously William had a hell of a game. Was it two mm. goals and an assist? And um so he's been brilliant for them. So to highlight him especially, in the uh last four uh League Cup uh games and league games, he's had uh four goals, two assists. Obviously phenomenal, phenomenal run of form for this player. Um how do we see Southampton
1: dealing with him? <laughs> I I think Southampton gonna struggle. Mm. Southampton um, in a lot of ways, have been when they've been losing or winning, they've been losing like two ones, one nils, all been winning two nils or two ones. But Leicester sort of just opened them up, yeah. And I think that Chelsea play that similar sort of style to to Leicester as well in terms of it is like massive pace, pace related in that Chelsea side. Um, William, uh, just to touch on him as well, is he's sort of like an under radar player in terms of. Yeah, you, he's not the superstar at Chelsea team, but your stats show that he's just one of those players who always I, consistently. I think performs. it's interesting you say, like, how is Southampton going okay to care William? It's not just him they have to contend
0: with, you've got Hazard in there. You've got some great attacking players. Also, Morar is returning from.
2: Uh, he was rested last week due to a mix of fatigue and minor back issues, but he's been confirmed that he will be returning. So, obviously, that's just another problem for the Southampton back line to be dealing with now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is an established Southampton back line. So, they so they, can't, they do know how to defend, but I think
1: there's just too much attacking for RS in that Chelsea lineup and will cause too many issues for Southampton. I think the, the issue with Southampton is. They're very solid when it's say, for instance, nil-nil. Yeah. Uh, but when they do like have to score a goal, when it goes one 0 down or something like that, that's may open up. That's when they try and push forward players forward, and they get caught on the counter. And I can see Chelsea exploiting that this game. The only one uh, silver lining to this is uh, Southampton finally seem to have decided on their man. I helping
2: Charlie Austin. He's had eight goals in his last twelve starts. So he's, I think, he's finally cemented himself as I'm um, the strike I'm um, the starting striker in this eleven. So obviously he's a bit more. Uh, it's always good to have know your line and know the team. It's obviously gonna push them forward a little bit.
0: Yeah, massive. I think you can build upon that. And especially having a like having your striker as a set. So Tottenham know that when they've got Harry Kane up front that's that's like they're gonna play a certain way. And if you keep changing the strikers, strikers want a different kind of service and it, it kind of affects the whole midfield and the rest it's really. good to
2: have competition but you at the end of the day you need to know who the number one is yeah the absolutely is. and yeah. especially
0: when you're playing against a team like Chelsea, you need you
1: want that guy to be graft and you want him to be your best player the pitch to grab a goal out yeah. of nothing and, and you want confidence in him as well if you keep changing your, your striker at, at the top and you're not confident enough mm. to be like okay maybe you start this game you want to start the next game but charlie austin definitely i, f- I think he he suits these sort of games as well because when he was I remember, at QPR or at the lower, sort of, graft and have these these results. He doesn't get many chances, but the cra- chances he creates, he's a very good goal poacher. Yeah. Um, what about scores for this one? So, Chelsea versus Southampton. I've gone for a
2: 3-1 win for Chelsea. I personally see a 3-0 here. Clean sheet for Chelsea. I just don't think Southampton have got it in them to get some goals here.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say 3-1. I think Southampton will get one. So, Joe, take us moving on to Stoke versus West Ham. How do you see this one playing out? So, Stoke West Ham uh, interesting that Joe Hart is an out of favor with Adrian taking his place in the West Ham uh, number 1 number 1 jersey who is England's number 1 keeper very good
0: question and i think Adrian's deserved that spot the games he's played i think what is he kept one clean sheet and he's yeah. played really well wow. against Chelsea and Liverpool was well.
1: Well, there was a prior prior Joe
2: Hart even arriving at the club. He was never a bad keeper for West Ham. I think they just took Joe Hart because he was available. There was no real need for a new keeper. Well,
1: Adrian's kept us a clean sheet against Chelsea and Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So two teams you'd happily take a clean sheet against. So
1: I'll list out the the English keepers which, which I've highlighted from Premier League um, who could take the number one spot. You have got Butland, you have got Pope, uh, Joe Hart, Foster, and Forster, mm. and then Heaton, but he's injured at the moment. Pope obviously taking his place at Burnley. So which for one me, screams Pope for me? Yeah. So I know
0: he's had a fair few clean sheets, again, obviously, last week. Another clean sheet, especially midweek. Burnley have faced a lot of shots as well, so he has been busy. It's not like he's got a world-class back four in front of him. He is also having to command that and make some great saves. So he's really one shine out for me. I also quite like Butland. I think he could be given an opportunity. I would like to see them both have a, play in a couple of friendlies just before the World Cup and just see how they get on.
2: I Personally, I'd have to vote for Butland. I think he's the best keeper in terms of just ability England have. Um, Pope, although he's been good for Burnley, has come in, obviously, off a of Tom Heaton injury. I don't think he's good. Uh, if, if I had to look at international level and he was the number one keeper on my side... Maybe not as well deserving, but I personally, for me, it'd be Button. I think he's our best keeper by a long mile.
1: Well, the the only uh, argument against Button I'd have would be the goals that Stoke conceded this season. Yeah, um, been very, which being very high. But I do think Button is a very good keeper. For me, it is between Button and Pope. But if I you think I'd say if you have subbed the two keepers around and Button had Burnley's back four in front of him how many goals he conceded in exactly yeah. that's something you can never talent you, yeah it's obviously yeah. one of those hard fair
0: the play. only way you can do it is break down how many shot stops they've had all season and say yeah. so like we'll look into that information but I can't don't, you were saying something about having Heaton over Pope Absolutely, no, you can't drop Pope on this run of form. Earlier on, you cannot have him not in your squad.
1: But the, the argument I'd have is, yes, of course, Pope. The reason he has came is because Eton is injured, but it's not like he's struggling in no, that team. Not. He's, no, he's no, performing no. very well. Obviously, to to not uh, roll out Forster and Foster, they're both good keepers. Mm. But I do think that it's the young talent you need to build up here. With Hart not even playing for West Ham, it's definitely someone else at times. Well, Pickford may be coming. Obviously, now in the big Sam. He's definitely yeah. really having a lot of improvements. So he yeah, be definitely. trying to earn himself for that spot in this squad. Absolutely, good job. So Stoke's midweek performances have been poor, especially away from home. Can Stoke even do do it on a cold, cold rainy night in mm-hmm. Stoke anymore? I don't think they can. And I
0: think, did. I said you a fact that they haven't won on a Tuesday night for 111 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on away from home? So. Oh, they're just they're not the same britty team that they were three or four years ago they do play nicer football now though they're easier on the eye you've got the likes of Shaqiri in there playing some better football but Stoke is Stoke and it's that cliche like you you would go in there for a bit of an argy barge game and they haven't got that at the moment and they're not the they have got the ability to play nicer football but they're not up there with the the likes of the Liverpool Was that kind of area
2: yeah it's an interesting phase as for um, Stoke right now isn't he say they're changing their identity slowly which is obviously better for the fans it's a more attractive style of football but currently obviously their results
1: are taking the hit from this sort of change of identity in the well, squad well the thing it's a it's a change. It's a good thing changing your identity right? but Mark Hughes has been in charge of Stoke for four and a bit years now yeah. surely if you were going to change your identity you're not going to take four and a half years to do that no. but at the moment Stoke has just been a transition team and it's been getting worse and worse each season this is their worst start to a Premier League season so far um, Mark Hughes did have this to say in terms of Stoke Stoke side um, he says I, I don't do relegation. I've never been relegated because I'm always trying to get to the top tens. What do, you, what do you take from that?
0: I think he's got confidence, which is great. Though his team aren't showing that kind of confidence. Thirty-six goals conceded from a Stoke squad at this point in the season, worse in the Premier League. Not that's not what they're that's not what they're about. Yeah, uh, I think I think they, uh, like on
2: the attacking front, they seem to be doing fine. I think they're obviously the Keirby, Trope, Mooting, Crouch coming off benches. Mm. Now I think scoring wise is no problem. It's just say they've lost that sort of presence at the back There's the, the back line is just not doing it for him it's really not it's stage 36 goals it's a terrible start to have
1: Yeah. what I'd take him Matt as well is frustration mm. in his voice I'd mm. say that this is obviously no manager wants to be in this sort of form no manager wants to be getting told okay oh you might be at risk of your job or whatever And I think the frustration two managers take it a different way and I, and I like the way Mark Hughes came out and said this it shows that he does have confidence and hopefully his players will pick up some of that confidence as well the reason I think he has so much confidence obviously i that top 10 you got to remember he was captain united back when he was playing he's playing days he's
2: used to winning he's not used to struggling and having these sort of uh these sort of bad run of results so he just wants to get like back onto winning ways and do something productive with the club
0: i think stoke saving grace maybe there's not just it's not just them struggling there are definitely five or six teams that are in that kind of bad run of form in that rut and it's what the manager can do now is to turn his players around so like benitez for newcastle what's he doing mm. I think that's why he's come out and said that, to try and give them
1: the belief. I think this is the saving grace for all those six teams. Though, there's mm. other teams in that sort of bad form, but which team is going to break out of that? That's my question. Do you think it is going to be Stoke, or do you see Crystal Palace or West Ham breaking out of that? So, based on current results, I'd see Crystal Palace and West Ham, but I think they,
0: they've had a new injection of manager, and that's kind of changed things up. With the current managers, this may be the kick kickstarts. them this weekend with him coming out and saying that. What's Benitez going to do for Newcastle? What are West Brom going to do? It's that kind of... There's a, there's, it's down to the manager now, I think, to get that extra 5-10% out of his players to try and get them out of this little rut. So what do we think of scores on this one? So Stoke-West Ham, I'm continuing with West Ham's great run of form and going for a 2-1 win West Ham. Actually, I see a 2-2 draw I
2: know obviously West Ham are on great
1: form, but I just see a sort of, just showing the spoils here. I think the Stoke are going to cause a bit of a mini-upset, even though they are ahead in the, in the table. I do, think, I do see Stoke taking this one 2-1. Moving on to Watford Huddersfield again, Joe, just let us know what you're seeing in this one this weekend. So it's interesting to see the two catalysts, I think, for Watford's uh, defeat against Chris Palace As we can see, two late goals was the Cleverly sending off, yep. which is obviously a massive thing to, to note. But Rich Harlison also was subbed off as an injury six minutes before time. Obviously, it was 1 0 at a time. Um, did which one of these have a more impact on the game? So
0: Cleverly is more of a defensive midfielder, you're losing him. Um, so that's going to when you're 1-0 up and you want to what the league, Watford's problems this season's been they've just they've had the lead they've scoring goals they're leaking goals and when you've lost a player of Cleverly's stature at that defensive mid-roll that's a big loss for Carson was more going forward so I think Cleverly was more an important loss to them as well as it was bringing them down to 10 pl- men mm. which adds in that effect in many ways
2: I would actually in some ways argue that Carson was the bigger loss like, I understand we're obviously the Cavs sitting back but then by having the defensive presence you invite them to go and yeah. where if you have Carlson on you're sort of they say best defence is a good offence. If they're, they're, they're not worried about a counter-attack anymore because you've got Ricardson there,
1: it's always going to be more wary. So, yeah, I agree with both your points here. Um, I do think that Ricardson well, Ricardson's uh, back now from injury. I, I think it's fatigue or something like that, why he got taken off. He so, move on to Huddersfield, concerned. can all three newly promoted clubs avoid relegation this season?
0: Yeah, I think they can, obviously. They, are, they wouldn't like the mid-table area at the moment. They're doing quite well. I mean, they've had tough run of forms, but like we've already touched upon, a lot of teams are struggling and there are a lot of teams in that rut. It's just going to be who can get out of this rut quickly enough. And they're in they're in there. They're not lagging behind the pace of the Premier League teams. They're in that battle. I think they, the three newly promoted all near enough on the exception of Newcastle not to
2: try and be uh, <laughs> try and slag off your team, Jay. But I think that the, the other... Brighton and Hudsfield, I think, is safe. I think they've had a great start to the year. Obviously, everyone now struggled at the start. So they've already made that gap, even though now that... All those teams that were showing have made the manager changes. are now on a good run of form. They've already built that sort of um, little buffer. So I think um, Huddersfield now uh, uh, should be should be sound
1: and um, yeah. Um yeah, well, there's been two seasons so far where all three of the new promoted clubs have stayed up. The 0102 season with Fulham, Blackburn, and Bolton, and the 1112 season with QPR, Norwich, and Swansea. Uh, to reiterate your point, I do believe that. All these clubs are in, uh, in sort of got a barrier between them, but it's still only four points. So Huddersfield on 18 points, Brighton on 17 and Newcastle on 15. So Newcastle one point away and Huddersfield a match of four. So it's not like they're out of the woods quite yet. Absolutely. So it's all going to be this, this January to March season is where you see the differ, defining teams in the bottom and who are just breaking away. So uh, it's it's always a difficult one to see. I mean, I'm glad you've highlighted that because I think anyone from basically eleventh, so Southampton on eighteen
0: points, is in that relegation battle for me at the moment. I think Everton. It's amazing what three wins and a draw can do for you, and that's all, that's all that any of these teams need to do. Just get a couple of wins on the bounce, and we're now talking about yeah, they're probably safe. We're getting on time of the season now. You give yourself a bit of a four five point cushion against
1: the other ones scrapping it out. Yeah, what be Everton
2: was seventeenth now; they're tenth on there. So a couple of good games, you're shooting up the table.
1: Yeah, so Huddersfield haven't scored away since the first game of the season. If I, remember, if I remember you said it right, it was a 3-0 win against Crystal Palace. Why are they finding it difficult to score away from home? Well, I think a lot of teams, obviously, home games are important to win. A lot of things to take
0: differently. Huddersfield isn't a team that's going to go away from home and attack the team. They're going to try and grind out a result. So that's probably going in there negative, but at least they've scored away from home. Don't forget Palace, they'll get to score this season away from home.
2: I think obviously the main problem is obviously the, the Prem is such a jump from the Championship. There's no rollover team in the Prem and everyone wants to protect their home their home ground. So obviously going to these away
0: days, you're in for a really, really tough fight. Right, so what do you think scores on this one, guys? So I think I won all draw. I can see Huddersfield bagging a goal. and Watford have lost a little bit of confidence about at the moment. So
1: yeah, 1-1. Um, I'm backing a Watford win here, 2-1. I think that it's going to be 1-0 to Hudders- to Watford, oh, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Huddersfield is going to be a score on this one. So moving on to the game, our game of the week, Man City versus Tottenham. What are your thoughts on this one, Byron? Uh, It's
2: it's an interesting one, isn't it? Obviously, can Tottenham do what United could and obviously hold this sort of City sort of runaway? Um, Personally, I think as a Tottenham fan, I am worried. Obviously, Toby Alderweire is out until February. Rose is returning, which is something, but Wan-Yam is still out is we're not having a full team out there it's gonna be really really worrying day for me
0: i just hope tottenham turn up and i think if they do turn up they can give city a good game i think there's enough quality in that Spurs side with the likes of Harry Kane, alley if they're playing ericsson they've got enough talent going forward that they can grab some goals and city's defense i still maintain it is not solid so harry kane i think he can single-handedly tear that defense apart he's a world class player it's it's all what harry kane
2: turns up isn't it like he you loves the them, big game
0: yeah he loves the big game but I
2: think so, this game is so important because Arsenal, Liverpool and Chelsea and United all have very very easy games this weekend so that top four right now like not getting a draw or a win here is really going to be a
1: pivotal point so what do you think Tottenham should do what what formation or what style of play do you think Tottenham should do, play um, against City to win I think attackingly yeah, but I d-
0: you don't want City yeah. to come and attack I'd,
2: you I'd say do what, because obviously last year City started the year five wins in a row we beat them in their gaffas because we attacked them. I think we need to just go at them like, it's the way Tottenham play, they play attacking four there's no point trying to sit back
0: because that's not the style of play if you're going to beat them, you
2: might as well beat them, really go at them
0: for me, the City front six you may as well call it have hmm. got so much talent, so much ability you don't want to give them any more opportunities than they're going to get anyway to attack you and then the best way to attack City is pinning them back.
1: Might they can play in their own half, like yeah. you say. Yeah, is you, you've got to really just try and wear them down. So, uh, moving on to City. Uh, do City see Tottenham as a big rival? Do you think they're going to be worried going into this game? I think we touched upon it last week. Pep Guardiola will have his team's
0: mentality switched on still, so they, they will still this as a big game. I think I read a stat that he's got the most consecutive wins in the Premier League, the Bundesliga and La Liga. Like that is unreal when that shows you what mentality he instils in his teams this will be a big game for them and they know Tottenham is still probably not tied to anyone rival, but they're a top four team a big team in England. especially at home though
2: currently City have scored 27 goals in eight games just the four goals a game at home it shows they're
1: just trying to really send a message to anyone that comes to their place that you're not getting points here that's incredible and then so for me what, what do you think the score is going to be this one. So i have interestingly on this, and I'm an Arsenal fan. But for a two-one Tottenham win, I like to see
0: Kane grabbing both.
2: Uh, see, I, I feel bad as a Tottenham fan, but I think without Toby Alvaro, it's just going to be City's front line's Going to be two, and I actually see a three-one City win here. It pains me to say, but I think it's what's going to happen.
1: I think City are going to win two-nil. We'll see how that yeah. pans out Saturday yeah. evening. So moving on to the Sunday games. First one up: West Brom versus Man United. Byron, what's your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, so obviously. Big one for United, obviously, finally getting a win under their belt after they lost to City the week before. Lukaku's scoring again, which is obviously a good sign for them. Um, personally, I think, is it time for a manager change of West Brom? Obviously, Everton made their change. They're now 10th. West West Ham, yes, they're 19 now. Obviously, since Moyes come in, they've been picking up some good points against good teams. Obviously, uh, what beat Chelsea, drew to Arsenal some great results. Obviously, Palace are looking like they're staying up as well under... Uh, uh, Hodgson. Hodgson. So, it's. Do you think West Brom need to make this change because nothing's changing with them right now? Um,
0: I think we need to look dive into West Brom's form though at the moment. So, that last five games, they've had four draws. So, they're not out of the bottom like six teams from 17 to twelve. They're not losing a lot of fixtures. So, one loss in five. if yeah, you look it that way, and, that, and that's a pretty strong record. It's just some of the teams below them have just started to win, and it's just really come kind of
1: condensed down there at the moment. Well, we've still got to highlight the fact that West Brom haven't won in now 14 or 15 games. I believe they won the first two or won yeah, two of the last three. Two, but least amount of wins in the Premier League. Moving on to your question, West Brom have made a manager yeah, change. Yeah, I, I truth. Nothing has changed what I meant to say, so i correct yeah. myself. But, but the thing is, though, West Brom have made a manager change, but it hasn't been significant. And that's why you can sort of, no one really talks about it. Yeah. They talk about Hodgson, they talk about Moyes, they talk about Sam Allardyce especially. But because Alan Pardew hasn't changed anything with West Brom side, they haven't the form's been exactly the same. Maybe they've been picking up more draws, which is always a good thing to see. They haven't been picking up any wins, and that's, that's a big underlying. The biggest thing is like
2: how will West Brom, like how are West Brom scoring right now? They're just they not. What's the answer to their scoring problem?
1: Yeah, only twelve goals all season,
0: which is, which is not a lot. It's only Palace and Swansea who have a similar or less amount, yeah. which is which is concerning because Palace are obviously on a little bit but run of form. Swansea will get onto them later. But, yeah, they do, they do need to mix up. I just don't... Rodriguez, I, see, I don't see enough from him. Rondon, not seeing
1: enough from him at the moment. Good players. Good players, and they're not, not performing. What well, I will highlight, uh, the same with Swansea, but to a lesser degree, is that West Brom do shut out a lot more. They they do keep... Uh, they don't concede as much yeah, as they, the teams around them, which means sort of counteracting their scoring. They do, they scored less, but they conceded less as well. But then, that just screams draws to me. Yeah, and And I'm a big fan of a draw... But you can't, just, <laughs> you can't stay up by literally drawing and then losing. You do need to win these games. In terms of attacking players, you've got to utilise Ronda more, but you can't leave him stranded at the top. Obviously, it is hurting them that Chadley is out
2: injured, so obviously he'll be a And once he gets back. Obviously, with other people that are out, Pogba's last game uh, he'll be missing is this weekend, and then he'll be back for United, obviously. I think mean, he's a massive miss. He's been so good for that mm-hmm. United squad. Obviously, the game he came back, had a couple of assists, and obviously got sent off again, but... Obviously, he'll be a really good uh, sort of addition to the squad next weekend. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Any squad where Pogba's coming into is going to be a, a hell of a lot stronger. But there's still enough talent in that United midfield to easily do run past you. West Brom, in my eyes. Yeah. Enough talent. Lukaku will probably grab a goal because it's not a big game.
1: So, <laughs> we <we're> all good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to just mention Lukaku for a bit. Do you think that he's going to increase his form? Do you, do you see him... Uh, does you see this type of game as a good game for Lukaku? I don't think his form's gone
0: away massively. It's just
1: when he plays the bigger teams. I just
0: don't have the belief that he's... Against Arsenal, He I don't know, he barely took the ball. Against City, I mean, he had a goal and opportunity but didn't convert. How often has he scored against yeah. the top six? I think everyone keeps saying about his form now, but
2: personally, I'm as the season goes on, I'm worried about it less and less because I'm not seeing him as a top-tier striker anymore. Like you say, against the big teams, he just disappears. For me, just... He's it he's just sort of fading away i think he's really bit obviously under a big squad he's just not taking his limited chances and i don't think he's up there with the best in the league who steps up then for that man new side against the big teams Ibra. he's <laughs> got to be the big man's last time for me i think i think he deserves
1: a start he needs to show lukaka there is competition He needs to start being more clinical but i mean this season because he hasn't really played against any of the top top teams so far who's who's stepped up the manu when we've been playing these big teams rashford's been pretty good yeah, I was I
2: so I've never really read him, but Lingard's been quite yeah, good. Yeah, Lingard's
0: been teams, quite he's been good. Playing
1: quite good under. Uh, I think De Gea, personally myself. well, it's with it to the back. Yeah, because well, De Gea just a stat on De Gea, quickly, is, he's, he's made the second most saves in Premier League, and for a team most of them against Arsenal. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. a team for a team like Man Uvo, um, who you wouldn't expect to be in that situation where your mm. keeper has to make saves. That is just shows how how many how much points this the keeper wins, and I do think that he's he's definitely the best player. Oh yeah, I oh, would down, definitely nip nip put a case in for his best player, yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, top top
0: with, five players in the league, Yeah, say. but in terms of stepping up, particularly striker-wise, quite like Marshall marshall has been alright this season as well, to be fair. Marshall. Got himself a few goals mm. off the bench. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think about
2: scores for this one, guys? Um, I see a 2-0 United win here. Can't see West Brom scoring, personally.
0: Y- yeah,
1: looking at like we've all gone for a United win. I've gone
0: for a 3-0, and Jay?
1: I think 2-1. I think West Brom will nick a goal, but I think he'll go 2-0 first before you take that one last one. Moving down to the south coast, uh, Joe with the Bournemouth game here. So, interesting that they started Wilson and King. We did speak about that last time out, but he didn't really work in their favour against a Man United side, obviously in form. Defoe has got the most substituted goals of all time in the Premier League with 23. Is he better starting for Bournemouth or off the bench?
0: I mean, it depends on what type of game as well. and I think, I think a game like this, I'd want him to start. Um, but... There's certain games that, like, when they're playing like a West Ham or it's gonna be like, a tight game, I would bring. I'd want him on as an impact sub so if he comes on with 25, 30 minutes left. Defoe's lethal. He's got some great pace still. He's a clinical finisher, and that's where he can. When it's nil-nil with 30 minutes left, and grabs a goal.
2: I think with the situation, Paul, we saw about rotating the strikers, like uh, you point there, Henry. It's all about the situation. So you the experienced player. You've got the younger players maybe to match up against them all athletic team so it's all about picking. The- I think in this game I would actually bring Defoe off the bench so I think Liverpool obviously very very good side I think he'd be better from the last 20-25 being fresh trying to make that impact towards the end of the game
1: Yeah definitely I agree with you there Byron I think that Defoe for me against Liverpool especially is works better off the bench I think for in, in this sort of game he, he likes to run He likes to, he's a workhorse in the side and if you start him then he's going to get tired out quite easily whereas you look at Wilson King both younger both more suited towards this, this sort of style but moving on to Liverpool, one goal in their last two games, have teams figured out this Liverpool side? I don't think they have, I just think that Liverpool just need to get, they just need
0: to break them, break teams down a little bit more. They, they have great attacking prowess going forward, I think it's similar to what happened at the start of the season, they were creating opportunities, just weren't converting, just need to get back into scoring a few goals. And I think once they score one or two in a game, they go and start running away with it it's just breaking them down to start off with. It's just the momentum, isn't it? It's like
2: you say, once you get that first goal, it just then goes on to most they when they do start scoring, they go for about four or five a game. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, do, they do pick up the momentum, but it's just getting there in the first place. Yeah, well, what do you think about scores for this one, then, guys? I'm back in Liverpool to start scoring some goals and go for a 4-1 win. Um, I, still, I actually see uh, showing the points here, 1-1 draw I'm going for.
1: Yeah, I think they'll share points as well. I think it's going to be 2-2. So moving on to our last game of the um, of the weekend, Everton-Swansea. Henry, what's your Yeah, great fix
0: to turn the Sunday on. Everton flying at the moment. For three wins out of the last four. 22 points, currently 10th place. Swansea right at the rock bottom of the Premier League. 12 points. Only scored nine goals. Can we see them grabbing a goal this weekend? Byron, I know you're a big fan of Bonnie. Are you gonna get one? <laughs> um, actually, I I don't, I don't see Swansea doing well. They've, they've been a terrible
2: away from home. Obviously, Everton looking great under uh, Sam Allardyce. So I I, don't see, I I don't see them getting. It. I do see a uh, goals come. It's going to be Everton getting the goals this weekend.
1: Yeah, well, I think I agree with that. I think that Everton have um, sorted out their defence. Sam Allardyce is going to make sure, that he's going to keep a clean sheet. And that's the first thing he's going to do before even looking at a, a goal. So I, I agree with that as well. I think Swansea are gonna. Are going to struggle uh, scoring. So some great news for
0: Everton's fan this week. Three of their youngsters signed new contracts. Kablum being one of them. How important is that for the club that these youngsters have decided to commit to them, especially just coming up to the January transfer window?
2: It's a, it's, an, it's a statement of intent, isn't it? That we're we're not a selling club. We want to hold on these, develop our core players, and really sort of push it push on from within. Obviously, Kablum is now starting under Big sandwich which he he wasn't getting that shot really under. Um, Last man, Daryl Coman, he was just sat on the bench. Obviously, it's great to give these young players a chance to prove themselves, I think.
0: I just want to add on there, how much has Rooney and
1: Allardyce impacted those three young lads' decisions, do you reckon? Oh, I think massively. I think that when there's no stability at the club, so before Allardyce came in, before Rooney started picking up his form, then the players sort of uh, would be looking elsewhere. And be looking to more open options, but the fact that they're now Everton, what tenth, tenth place, 10th and has been it's been—it's not just been down to Rooney. These youngsters as well have came in and performed, and a part of the reason why they're in this such a good form at the moment. But in terms of it's like signing, um, the like staying with a club, just shows your commitment. Quite a lot of young players don't like to sign big contracts because they like to move quite a bit, try and get the best place. But, but ha- having these guys stay at Everton will be really good for the future.
2: Yeah, so I think Rooney was massive uh, influence on them signing their contracts. Obviously, you think these lads obviously would have grown up watching Rooney as, as we all have, and obviously uh, him who who better to be on the training ground with than the Absolutely. leading England yeah. score, leading Prem score oh um, top, the, uh, good parent. Man United's top goalscorer, United's yeah. top goalscorer. So yeah, it's a great great role model there to sort of learn off and really develop the game under, and obviously Big Sam, obviously a great experienced manager in the Prem, can really help you sort of improve your game.
0: Everton, do you think they can get back into Europe again next year? So, they are starting to close that gap. They're only eight points behind Arsenal, who are seventh.
1: So, do you think they can close that down towards the end of the season? So, the, the reason why, uh, like, Everton are on a great run of form. Watford are on the down. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Everton did place against ahead of Watford. But then, look at the top eight right now. And well, look at, the, look at fifth, to, fifth to eighth. You've got Leicester, Arsenal, Burnley, Liverpool. These these aren't teams which are struggling. Le- um, Everton are in a good run of form, but I, I expect them to, to, to improve on that, but to break that top eight, not even break the European spots, this seems to be very difficult, I think there's definitely a divide in the squad, especially with Leicester on a good, good run of form, uh, Burnley as well. Do you see
0: that divide in the league even more this season, between the top ten and the bottom ten, or like the top eight and the, the rest of the teams?
2: I think. Massively, I think it's gonna be a big, big gap between. I think it's gonna be something be like an eight point gap between that sort of ninth and tenth, tenth to eleven. That sort of split in this because obviously the top teams are flying so much right now. I think it is gonna be a big,
0: big divide. I don't remember a Premier League season like this, though, where the league's
1: been split so much. No. You normally have your top four, but not so last season to counteract <laughs> that. Last season, I believe it was eighth or ninth or ninth to tenth had the biggest point gap, right? Okay, from last season, um, so. I think it's one of these things where when it gets to the end of the season that's where you pick up the, those points so this season what I will say is though between the 11th to 20th and the 10th to 1st there's a massive divide I'd say the 11th to 20th are really close Yep. but the 11th to 10th is really is, is now especially with Everton stepping up and filling that spot it's, com- it's completely divided well, so to
2: go back on your point
1: about can Everton break into that
2: top 7 if they were to get a European spot could we potentially see Big Sam stealing manager of the year of Pep Guardiola this year? because he's oh, it, be, it, it, definitely putting himself in the running obviously picking them up from relegation zone but obviously be an interesting one
0: that would be an interesting one but how can you go against winning 15 on the trot
2: yeah obviously we obviously don't know how City are going to finish the year but obviously the way City are going is, is not really many looking any other candidates really yeah.
1: another contender for manager of the year is Sean Dye let's sure yeah, there, not there, forget about, be, about in, that yeah.
0: but, um, very true I think we need to wait until the season's closer yeah, towards but, the end before we answer that question Yeah, definitely. just before we go on to the scores how worried are Swansea fans right now? Almost Christmas, bottom of the league, two points adrift. drift. I goals. think
1: the, the key for Swansea is to stay in that race for January. And then once January's over, that's when you determine how worried you are. Because if you don't make any big signings in January and the club's around you, especially if Newcastle's takeover, if he manages to bring in some players, if Palace have increased their form as well, that's when you'll be worried. Right now, you're still in that sort of like, I don't want to say ignorance, but you're still got a cloud around you like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, it's just got to pick up the points, but definitely Swansea City at the moment look like if there was a team to beat in the Premier League, it's Swansea City. I, I think the biggest thing Swansea be worried about is not necessarily about
0: going
2: down, but the fact that Cardiff looking like they're coming up, they're there to drop and Cardiff to come up. They're not <laughs> going to get, want to give up those bragging rights and because they've been top dog for a long, long time now. So that'll be some bit of extra sort of motivation to stay in this
1: league. <laughs> Very true. And with that all being said, what do we see the scores, Joe? So, I think Everton are going to win this one. I think it is going to be a clean sheet for them as well. I think it's going to be 1-0. Byron? Um, I'm seeing 2-0. I think, yeah, a few extra goals in there. But
0: I'm in complete agreement with you, Byron. I'm going for 2-0 against Swansea, not grabbing a goal. Superb. That rolls up this weekend's fixtures. Thank you very much all for listening. I've been Henry. I've been Joe. I've been Byron. Please let us know your thoughts, your predictions. Like and subscribe. And we'll see you again next weekend for some more fixtures. Nice. So. It's